Blog Talk Radio. This is Jay Lethal, the undisputed champion of the wrestling world. This is John Sullivan. It's Babs, I Michael Thompson talking. The phenomenal AJ Styles. Psycho Killer, Tomasa Champa. This is Matt Blair. Thank you for listening to Sportscast Radio. Sportscast Radio. Welcome to Sportscast Radio. Well protected again. Jones Waddles gets behind the defenders for another touchdown. That is Trey Lance. Kyle Pitts and a tight end find. The goal line shot for a Gator touchdown. Justin Fields. Hello from the 51-yard. Jamar Chase. Eight different games, Sewell did not allow the guy pass rushing against him to pressure, hit, or sack the quarterback. Eight out of 12. You got here just in time. Dax Milne down the sideline from Zach Wilson. And thanks for joining us. Rashawn Bateman with his first career score as a gopher. What more can you say about Trevor Lawrence? He's going to be the number one pick in the NFL draft. The best in the head, the throne's as big as gone. If you ask me, they dead wrong. My flow is hotter than the flash from the clip. When the hammer slaps the bullet on the ass from the clip. You wind up in the room full of my dogs. I have you feeling like a fire hydrant in a room full of dogs. So come, come now. Get pissed on. Shit it on. Ladies and gentlemen, back week too. Talking that draft sports guest radio live here at 10 o'clock. We're here till midnight tonight. Myself, Luke Gilbert, back in the booth with me, number two. That's two weeks in a row, Luke. And you got yourself a little sexy-ass headset this time, don't you? I do, so now I can hear better. I don't sit here talking on a phone, and I'm here to stay, it sounds like. So you have to hear from me more often, I guess. <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, the draft talk, the football talk is always so much fun. We're going to be ramping up with this every week here as we continue to talk. You know, everybody that we can, we'll, next week we'll have uh, some, more, some more people on, and then the day before, I guess we do our final, our 4.0 mock draft, because we will bring you our 2.0, where both of us had over half of our picks changed. Is, is you still that same way? Yes, I redid mine from what we spoke last night, um, and I still have about 15 to 16 changes this uh, 2.0. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to get wild. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of talk today with that Justin Fields. I was watching a bunch of it while I was laying in my uh, in my bed in a sweaty cocoon, dying. You know, I thought I was going to die today. I, th- I, uh, I thought you did die because I, I texted you at 2.30 about the show, and then I called you at 8.30 to make sure you were alive. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I eventually managed to make my way across the street to the gas station. I got some ibuprofen, um, and that kind of helped a little bit. But I tell you what. If, uh, if for anybody who got their second shot, I hope you did not have the same struggles that I did because, my Lord, I have never been in a worse-feeling situation in my entire life. At least I know it probably can't get any worse than that now. You know what I mean? But yeah. it is what it is. It's over with. It's done with. I, I'm, I'm ready to go. As Like I said, I'm a constant pro here, Luke. I will probably think uh, come 12.01 and you won't hear from me again. <laughs> Right, we, will get through. we will get through these two hours coming up in just a couple minutes here. Travis Wakeman from PredominantlyOrange.com will be with us talking some Denver Bronco draft. Also, 10.30 or so, Paul Pickett Jr. from TheFinFanatic.com will be here talking some Dolphins. I have a brand new game of Uberfax that I cannot wait to play to see if I can go two and two. 
with the reboot of Sportscast Radio. And I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Otherwise, you know, I'm a little sweaty right now. You know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm still kind of making it work, but I'm excited, man. It's uh, This draft just constantly feels... Every time I look at things, like it's a, it just it, it just keeps evolving, and I know most drafts are always unpredictable and you know blah 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 blah, but this draft just feels different. Like I feel like there's so many quality players that everybody next Thursday or two Thursdays from now is going to get a star. Like it just yeah. feels different this year. Yeah, I agree. Like you said last night, there's a solid forty to maybe. 50-ish players that you could argue could go in the first round this year. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're, you're talking anywhere between 10 and 20 guys that are going to be second-round picks that could have went higher. Um, yeah, I agree. You know, if, if you're one of those teams who stocked up with draft capital and you got early-round picks, I mean, you know, some of these teams getting two picks in the first and second, I mean, you, you potentially have four starters that are going to come in for the next few years and actually just rock out. Like it's, it's, you know, it just, it's wild how good there is in here. Yeah. It's crazy. Especially since you got players like uh, Caleb Fairley out of Virginia tech, that corner, I believe it's Virginia tech. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's up into a lot of mocks in the first of the second round because of that injury. When uh, people like Mel Kuyper and even myself have him as a first uh, round talent, like I'd be happy if the Vikings took him at 14. <laughs> yeah, he's he's gonna be good. I I think he is going to be able to overcome any kind of injury, and I don't think we'll have a problem with him. But you know, with with the amount of talent that there is, of course you're gonna be nervous because you don't want to you don't want to miss it. Yeah, yeah, I I totally agree. And then there's a lot of like uh, we talked last week, a lot of controversy around quarterbacks because a lot of those teams in that top ten need a quarterback and. There's a couple there that are going to be developmental in uh, like Mac Jones and you can even say uh, Trey Lance. It's interesting to see how high people are going to reach for those players too. When, and here, here's a guy too. I'm looking at uh, Walter Football who, who always has great mocks. I always think his quality stuff. Um, we both, as of last night, had the Raiders at 17 taking Tevin Jenkins to tackle. He has Tevin Jenkins falling to 45 to the Jaguars. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's just the amount of uncertainty between these teams is just, it's, it's mind blowing. Um, yeah. I saw a mock today that had that trash kid from Florida going at the end of the first round. I was like, what? Oh, the, the quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. They have Kyle Trask going to the Patriots and this one at 46. Yeah. I'm looking at, you know, Kadarius Tony, who could be a great wide receiver going 52. There's, there's just, there's a lot of players that, that can really Terrence Marshall. There's another wide receiver that I see a lot of people are really putting a lot of high praise on. Uh, yeah. I've seen a lot of people have Baltimore take him in the first round. They have a mocked at Baltimore at 58 in the second round. Yeah, yeah. I the think last week I gave. Yeah, I think I gave. 60. I think I gave Green Bay him in the first in my last mock, if I remember correctly. Landon Dickinson, the, the the center from Alabama, a lot of people have him with a low first round. They got him going sixty third. I, I mean, like that's that's a lot of uncertainty. Bateman at sixty blows my mind. 
Yeah, no, there's no way Bateman comes out of the, gets out of the first round. There's no way. There's too many wide receiver needy players at the end. Like you could argue Green Bay, you could argue, you could argue Tampa Bay if he's there. Get another, just another weapon. Yeah, that, yeah, because we were talking last week about Elijah Moore going there. You know, another yeah. guy that that I had mocked low in mind, I think to the Saints, they had Eric Stokes, the corner from Georgia, going 69th in the third round. That's crazy. That's craziness. <laughs> I'm 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 just looking at some of these 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 picks. They have us taking Davis Mills, the quarterback out of Stanford, in the third round. I've read a lot of that have the Vikings taken that I forgot his first name, but Mond from Texas A&M in the third. Mond is he a quarterback? Yeah, he's the Texas A&M quarterback. Oh no, they have Asante Samuel Jr. in the third round, eighty-two. I don't think that's going to happen. Oh, Kellen Mond. There we go. They got him going yeah. to Pittsburgh at 87. Yeah. Dylan Moses, the linebacker from Alabama, they got going 88. That's crazy. That low? Yeah, I don't – I just – I don't it, – it makes me wonder where a lot of this is going to go here. I'm just going to check in with uh, with our guy here. Uh, dang it. <laughs> I just realized, I was like, oh, we're definitely past the, the, the banter portion of the show and to the, the move into the next spot. You know, I, I guess I, I, I was going to ask you this, too. Um, second round, what do you, you kind of hope in Minnesota can get? Um, I know I talked to you last night because we talked about our 2.0 mocks. I changed the Vikings pick from what we talked about last night where I had them taking Mac oh, Jones. Oh, that's right. We don't have a second round pick. No, we don't have one. I, so but, that's why I was so confused. I forgot we traded him for Ngakwe. Yeah, no, we traded Ngakwe for a third. So we essentially traded a second pick for a third pick. That's a real win. <laughs> God. Unbelievable. I, you know, that's, that's what threw me off here. Looks like checking uh, him out here. Travis, you with us? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, how we doing, sir? Good, man. Sorry, I guess I was late. I thought you guys were calling me. Sorry about the oh, miscommunication no. there. No, you're good. <laughs> we're, we're sitting there banting, and I was like, oh, crap. I uh, I wonder if I didn't give him the number, because that tends to be my problem, is I usually don't communicate very well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, cool. this is uh, Travis Waitman coming with us. Last time we chatted, you were talking Chargers, if I remember right. Yes, sir. Man, you got over to your uh, to your to your Broncos. You said it makes for the better yep. writing for you. That's awesome to hear. I do got to ask you one thing before we get into this fun time that is talking football. Did you watch? Okay. Uh, did you watch the main event on Saturday? Of WrestleMania. Yes, I did. Was that the best Americans women's match ever? Man, it was it was terrific. The uh, the hair whip to the belly there is something I don't think I'll <laughs> ever forget. I think I've gone back and watched that ten second clip on YouTube about seventy five times. <laughs> it sounded like somebody like slammed a car door. <laughs> it, it was great. The loudest thing. I was, I was watching that match, and me and a buddy were talking. I'm going, man, they're working so hard that this, this might be one of the best matches I've seen in this company, let alone. Yeah, it was, it was great. 
God, it was good. So I, I had to I had to put that out there. The last time last time we talked a lot about Chomp and Gargano, I remember, and that kind of slowly started mm-hmm. to fall the the way you maybe not wanted it to go. So I wanted to get some positivity back in the room here. <laughs> Bring okay. that up there. Um, but I want to just jump right in here. I know we're talking a lot of draft stuff here, but I was, I was going over your, your stuff and I, I see an article you wrote that I had never heard about before. Apparently Denver tried to go for Stafford too. I did not know this. Can you, can you dig in here for us? Yeah, uh, that report came out a couple days ago, at least to my knowledge. And, uh, you know, I talk about the offer that they made inside that article, which was, you know, paled in comparison to what the Lions ended up getting. So you can look at it a lot of ways. You can look at it like, you know, the Broncos were looking for an upgrade, but they weren't too serious about it. So it may not look too bad for Drew Locke because they only offered – you know, probably a fourth of what uh, the Rams ended up giving up. Yeah. All right. Uh, hey, Travis, this is Luke. I have a question about up, you man? guys, uh, Denver's quarterback situation. A lot of people have uh, them trading up to possibly number four with Atlanta to get that mm-hmm. quarterback, but I've also seen a lot of mocks that say that um, the coach – uh, trust Drew Locke for another year and possibly getting him maybe a weapon and a um, uh, like a wide receiver or maybe even like some protection at tackle. What uh, what do you think they're going to do um, with that quarterback situation? Well, I, I think it's hard to, to get a complete read on it. I think that unless – I don't think they're going to trade up. I do think that unless somebody like Justin Fields happened to fall to number nine, I think they are going to go ahead and ride with Drew Locke for another season, and that's what I hope they do. I've written about it constantly this offseason because it seems like we've been talking about quarterbacks since Peyton Manning retired, and I hope they give him another year because there's a lot of a lot of things people don't consider when they talk about Drew Locke's shortcomings. I think, you know, something like he hasn't had the same offensive coordinator two years in a row since his junior year in high school. You know, there's a lot of the COVID stuff where he didn't get the full off season last year, and he played the whole year without Cortland Sutton. So I think those things need to be considered when you're talking about already giving up on Locke. Do you think if New England comes at him with a haul to take that ninth pick if Fields is there and, you know, Denver could move back to 15 and still do something, would they do that or would they just pull the trigger on Fields? I think they would do that because, you know, the guy I think that the Broncos should take is Micah Parsons, Penn State linebacker. You know, there's a lot of off-field issues with him, but I think that's the one piece on defense that could make that defense just absolutely elite, and I think he could still be there at 15. So, yeah, I think, you know, if a team like the Patriots offered him a whole bunch to come up there, then, yeah, I think they'd take it. I, yeah, I have uh, I have them mocked for Micah Parsons at their pick at number nine, which is probably a reach at number nine because there are a lot of drafts, like you said, taking them in the teens. Um, do you think that they'll that they could address the corner too there at pick nine? Because um, in a lot of mocks, I have them, I see them taking like a Sertan or um, one of those available corners there early. I think it's definitely possible. I think when we were talking mock drafts before free agency started, it was absolutely going to be a cornerback there. They signed Ronald Darby. They signed Kyle Fuller. So I think that 
made it so it's not so pressing of a need. But, you know, a guy like Caleb Farley there at number nine, or like you say, Sertan, that's definitely an option too. Yeah, I'm in the boat with you about uh, Micah Parsons. I know in my mock I actually had New England trading 2-9 to take fields and then Parsons going at 15 to Denver. Um, you know, even if they were to move back that far, Parsons gets nabbed. There's a lot of a lot of quality talent there. If you needed to make a reach, say you do that trade, doesn't go the way you want it to, where else are you looking? Uh, you, uh, I mean, aside from Parsons, or you know, if a guy like I, if a guy like Farley were to fall down there, um, there's you know even. Even something like a, a big reach, like like one of the safe, you know, they've got we've got Justin Simmons, we've got Kareem Jackson, but you know, if you could get one of those safeties at that spot, you know, I think I think Jackson's only going to be in Denver for another year. You know, you could shore up that position for quite a while too. We had uh, Garrett Ballard on last week, and he said that uh, Caleb Fairley was the player that everyone is going to regret not drafting in the first round, that he is the guy just because of the injuries and stuff that happened. Do you think that Denver's looking at those injuries and maybe he, they don't maybe pick him that high just because they are not scared, but nervous that they, that they're going to pick a guy that maybe can't get on the field right away or gets re-injured and can't play. Yeah. He came out and said that himself this week too. He said he was going to do him like uh, Randy Moss did all those years ago and you know i like him i like the guy he's uh i have him rated a lot higher than sertan actually um but yeah there is some risk with him i believe he he sat out last year too you know he opted out of the season as well so you know there's some definite question marks there but i agree with the guy that said that you know he he definitely will be the guy that seems regret taking and every mock draft i wrote before free agency I had him going to the Broncos at number nine every time. Do you think there's a play at nine where they go a guy like Rashawn Slater, the tackle out of Northwestern, or if they did trade back uh, instead of Parsons, like a Darius Bow or a very, you know Elijah Barry Tucker, and they try to do something to protect Locke up front? Yeah, I, I think uh, that uh, something like that would be a would be an option. Um, you know, we've got the the right tackle spot, which is a big question mark for the team. And unless you, you know, unless you're a fan of, of uh, Juwan James, which I haven't found too many Bronco fans that are, <laughs> and, you know, with, with good reason. Um, he, he, uh, he leaves a lot to be desired. So, yeah, I mean, even if a guy like Sewell fell, fell down to number nine, which I don't think he will, but if he did, I think that's a – I wrote an article tonight about three three guys the Broncos just simply couldn't pass up if if he fell, if they fell to number nine, and he was one of them. Yeah, I, if he fell to nine and Denver didn't pick him, I'd probably shut the TV off. <laughs> well, uh, Daniel Jeremiah's recent mock draft, which he just wrote like two days ago, he had uh, Slater going at number eight ahead of yeah. Sewell, and he had – he had Denver taking Sewell at nine. Yeah, Garrett, the guy who was on last week, said that uh, a lot of people had Slater above Sewell for uh, certain reasons, which is crazy in my mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. I agree. Um, and then you did uh, say that the guy that you hope they pick is uh, Micah Parsons, which I think would be a great pick. Who's the one guy 
that that will be there, but you're hoping that they don't pick. Like in your mind, you're just like, I hope they don't pick this guy. It's it's got to be one of those quarterbacks like Mac Jones yeah. or even Trey Lance. You know, one of those guys. I just I don't want it to be quarterback. Now, if Fields falls to nine, then I'd be all over that. But all one right. of those other two guys, those would be my answer to that. You know, maybe it's just me. You know, I mean, like me and Luke have talked about this, but doesn't it seem like people are just undervaluing Justin Fields the way the way that the NFL is right now? He is the prototypical – it's kind of how, like how the NBA has turned into the three-point league. You know, Fields is almost the perfect guy for a lot of these teams. And I just – I don't see the fascination of Mac Jones and things like that. I mean, you agree with that? Uh, 100%. I, I don't know where the, the love for Fields got lost, but, I mean – I know Zach Wilson looked amazing at his pro day, but man, I still I still would want Fields even more. I mean, I think he can do everything that you want a quarterback to do. And you know, my least favorite argument is that Ohio State quarterbacks don't fare well in the NFL. I mean, please spare me with that because it's just ridiculous. It's you know, the guy can do it all. I mean, he's accurate, he's mobile, he you know, throws with a lot of velocity. I mean, give me that guy if he's there at nine all day. <laughs> yeah, for those people who argue Ohio State quarterbacks don't pan well, my argument back is always, tell me an LSU quarterback before Joe Burrow, who came out last yeah. year, that's fared well. <laughs> yeah, well, it's true. Or or a, or, a, or a Notre Dame quarterback that was ever good besides Montana, if you want to go way back. I mean, yeah. you know, the list goes on and on. Yeah, and, you know, and I don't think it's their fault. It's just, you know, if the, if the teams run a different system that doesn't necessarily work, sometimes they're just not going to come over and, and you know, translate to the league perfectly. You know, I, I was watching some tape today when I was laying on my deathbed, and, uh, you know, watching the Niners' offense, if you were to put Justin Fields in the way they're running four people, where you, got, you had your deep man, your side man, you got your hook, and then you got your slant on the left, and I'm watching how, mm-hmm. how much Garoppolo wasn't hitting these guys. And then they showed an exact play from Ohio State. And the way that Justin Fields read that was remarkable. Like, I just don't see like, the, the, where people are just, I don't know. It blows my mind, man. Yeah, and I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I'm 100% with you. Because I, I like Locke, and I've been behind him. All off season, I can't tell you how many articles I've written on that topic, but that's the one guy I would accept as a replacement. If they do grab uh, Justin Fields there, at, if he does fall, what, do you think he starts day one and then they trade Drew Locke, or do they sit Fields and let Drew have a year to have uh, Fields have a year to sit and learn the system and stuff like that? No, man, that's a that's a good question. Um, that's a that's a tough one to answer. I think I think they would probably at least begin the year with Locke and let uh, Fields kind of develop into their system. But I don't think it would be long before before Fields got that spot. Yeah, so it'd be like a Charger situation. Just hopefully a medic doesn't poke his lung. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you mentioned you wrote an article tonight about the three guys they can't miss. You said Penny Sewell. Who are the other two guys you put about putting that article? Well, Fields was one, and then th- this other one's just a total dream. 
But you know, if somehow <laughs> Kyle Pitts is still oh, there, man. there's no way you're not taking him, even even if you have Noah Fan. Yeah, like I, me and Ryan talked last week on the show. I mean, even if you had a tight end like Noah Fan, who is not absolutely amazing, but he is one of the, probably, I think, one of the better young tight ends in the league right now. You could even put Kyle Pitts, even if you did draft him at nine, out at like a wideout because he runs a four four forty. Yes, he's a, that guy's a freak. He's going to be amazing. Yeah, you know, I've watched I watched some stuff about Kyle Pitts, and, and I think the more and more it gets down to it, he's he he may be the best player in this draft. He, I I feel like he's going to have that 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 Kittle, uh, Travis Kelsey style of mm-hmm. uh, of like impact he's going to make on a team where he's going to be the number one weapon on a team, and you know if if he goes to the Dolphins or something like that, you know. Ooh. That's that's where he's been mocked most recently. I've seen him go in there a lot at number six. <laughs> um, getting getting towards, you know, we're wrapping up here with you, you know. Uh, but I did want to ask a couple things about this, and then if Luke still has stuff, what do you kind of want to see in the later rounds from these guys? What do you, what do you want Denver to address going into the season out of this draft here? Um. I, I would like to see them add, uh, you know, obviously some help along the offensive line, maybe maybe a couple more rotational guys there, maybe a couple more defensive defensive linemen, you know, to you know, be in the middle of that defensive line. I think we've got the uh the edges pretty well pretty well set. And and, and even even like a another backup, like a uh, of running back, you know, add, add another running back at some some point too, because I'm just not a big Melvin Gordon guy, and I hated that they got rid of Philip Lindsay, and so you know, some, something a little bit better than the Gordon Royce Freeman combo we've got there. Yeah, I agree. Uh, if the running back, I'm not a big Melvin Gordon fan either. I think he's a little bit in my uh, opinion. I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Garrett last week, just because I'm intrigued what you have to say. In your opinion, who's the one player that uh, the team who drafts them in the first round, they are going to eventually regret drafting them in the first round? Ooh, uh, that's a good question. Um, ooh, let's see. Regret drafting them in the first round. Um Uh, I'm I'm gonna say you know I I I don't think all these wide receivers are gonna pan out. I'm probably gonna say uh, probably like Jalen Waddle, one of the one of those wide receivers. I, I like Devontae Smith. I think he gets a little bit too much of a knock for his his size. So I'll say I'll say Waddle. He'll be more of a bust. Yeah, there's there's a lot of receivers that can go in this first round, and. Uh, I mean, at, at some point, you know, you're right. They don't all pan out. It's got to be a matter of which one it is. <laughs> Travis. Yeah. Cohen. And, and Go ahead, sorry. I, I just think, yeah, Smith is is a better, you know, overall player. I think I think Waddle's more of a, 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 a second round, maybe even a third round player. I mean, somebody's going to take him in the first, but I just, I don't see it. Um, I see our, our board is filling. Paul, we'll get to you in just a quick moment here. 
I, I see Jordan's in here. Jordan, what up, man? I heard, I heard Sportscast is back on. I, I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it. And, uh, and I was like, hey, well, I'm doing a show. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, good to hear you back on the, on the, on the waves again, sir, talking to the X's and O's. Uh, uh, and obviously great to have some cool guests on as well. Uh, keep it up, guys. Did, uh, are, are you wanting to uh, to jump in with us for the game? Oh, are you talking about the classic Uber facts? Oh yeah, uh, Travis. Last time you were with us, did did we get the the opportunity to play the one and only game of Uber Facts with you? No, I don't recall. Oh. That. Would you like to play a quick game of Uber Facts with us for question and answer? Sure. All right, let's do it. Uber Facts: the most unimportant things you'll never need to know. All right, this is the way it works. Luke knows, Jordan knows, Travis. I'm going to tell you how this works. I have four facts. You have to identify which is the fact that I completely made up. Okay. Okay. These are all, otherwise, all real verified facts. I have four of them. We'll let Travis go first after I read the four. Uh, We'll have Jordan jump in second, and Luke will have you close it up. All right, the first fact. The insect that gives the, that annoying morning buzz known as the hippotis grandeur or Bengala because of its color can produce more than 300 sounds per minute, but sounds the same. Number two, the average dog can understand more than 150 words. Number three, overall, the Lord of the Rings series received 475 awards out of 800 nominations making it the most awarded film series in movie history. And number four, Scotland has more than 400 words and expressions for snow. Travis, what is a fake fact? Oh, boy. Um, well, I mean, it's going to be a total guess. I, I'm going to go with the number one. Number one? Okay. Jordan, what are you, what are you thinking? All right, so uh, it, it, it's uh, it's definitely some good uh, some good little nuggets that you have in there. Uh, it only makes me apropos that you throw out a, a Lord of the Rings one, knowing how, how my disdain for that boring trash of a movie that you love. Uh, but uh, that that being said, I'm going to go with the the Scottish one. I feel like the words that they have, like I, I feel like it's it's something different. It's not snow. Uh, Luke, what do you think? I am going to go with the number – I'm going to go with the Lord of the Rings one. Lord of the Rings one, okay. You guys are all smart to stay away from the dog because the average dog can understand more than 150 words. Nice. Um, as Jordan put out, I had to throw some Lord of the Rings in there just despite him, so that is the correct fact, Luke. I apologize for that. So uh, they Damn it. <laughs> uh, which leads us to my last two. Uh, somebody's taking home the W tonight, and it is Travis himself. Uh, that is a completely <laughs> fake fact. Um, the Bengala is a wrestler that was on Lucha Underground. Uh, has nothing to do with insects. I just decided <laughs> I wanted to put a Lucha Libre wrestler in a question. And that's how we got there. <laughs> so, boom. I, I thought I was going to pull it out, but then you guys all went different ways, and I did damn it. <laughs> Um, Travis, go ahead and plug everything you got for us, sir. Uh, 
you can read my stuff on predominantlyorange.com. Uh, Twitter is at Travis Wakeman 10, the number 10. Appreciate it, sir. Thanks again for coming on. Glad we could have a little quick wrestling talk as well. And uh, Absolutely. Sure, we'll chat, chat with you again here as the season progresses on. All right, man. Sounds great. All right. Thanks, sir. Travis Wakeman coming with us. And we're going to jump right into it. Paul, are you with us? We are here, and oh, I'm surprised yeah. you didn't pull me in for that. Then you could have had you could have had four people for that. We could have used a different fact. So I was going to I was going to out of nowhere bring you in at the end and be like, but we have one more dark horse. And then when he got my fake fact right on the first question, I went, damn it, I already lost. <laughs> I was <just> like whatever. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I definitely wouldn't have gone with the Scottish one. They got 400 words for just about everything. So. <laughs> You know, and, and, and I'm not going to lie, I, mean, I didn't even think about this, and whether whether he picked up on it or not, because I'll randomly talk wrestling with Travis a lot. Um, when I threw in a, a, a Lucha Libre wrestler, I was like, oh, wait a minute. He might know what this is, and then he picked it, whether it was or not. And I was like, ah, I'm failed. Paul, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, man, it's so good to have you back on. Um, we're getting... You know, we took a little break on the sportscast here. We were focusing on, on a couple of the other brands, and we decided last week, we're like, damn it, we need to talk draft. We need to get our team previews. We need to talk to all of our great writers and guests that we've had on before. And immediately, the first night we started, I said, I have somebody I need to get a hold of. That led me to you. Glad to have you back on the show, man. It's so good to chat again. Oh, good to be here, man. It's, you know, you know I'm always down, so... <laughs> <laughs> so I want to jump right into it here. You guys are sitting there at that six hole. What do you want? I mean, obviously we're going to d- deep dive a lot more than that, but just selfishly saying, what do you want this team to grab? So I started the off season with, you know, Parsons, no matter what written on a piece of paper, but I, I got to tell you, I, I, I had Parsons 1A, Pitts 1B, and that's flip-flopped for me a few, like, about, I think, January time frame. A lot of that had to do with, you know, I've got some friends that have some people inside the Penn State building, and they came out and said there were some maturity issues with Parsons. And looking at, you know, Flores has gone with the positionless defense, and, you know, he's been moving towards a positionless offense, and there's nobody in this draft that takes you more towards that positionless offense than Kyle Pitts. He's the number one wide receiver on the board. He's the number one tight end on the board. And really, you know, you can make a case between Sewell, Parsons, and Pitts that they're the top three non-quarterbacks in this draft in no particular order. So it's – Miami's got a young line that I think is going to develop. If you want to – and Parsons is a little bit of a risk there in the top ten. And that 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 leads me to Pitts easily. I agree. That's where I have Pitts to the Miami Dolphins at six. I want to ask you just because before the Deshaun Watson uh, allegations over this offseason so far, a lot of people had the Dolphins possibly trading Tua and some picks for Deshaun. Um, is there any chance we see a quarterback off the board from the Dolphins in round one? No, no, it, it's the Deshaun Watson thing was a special situation. Um, he, you know, he is a top five talent and 
Tua may or may not get there, but, you know, you don't normally give up on that guy in the second year if he's shown promise. A lot of the players in the building believe in him. Ryan Fitzpatrick's a huge fan of him. And, you know, it's – Deshaun was a special case, and I'll be honest with you, I didn't want to make the move anyhow. I thought it was going to cost too much capital, uh, given the fact that I thought you could win with Tua and the way that Miami's building, I, I, I thought it was going to actually set them back to, to make that move because they're, you know, a couple players away and giving up that capital is going to delay that and kick the can down the road. So for me, I, I wasn't in the Deshaun Watson camp. And then as soon as this stuff started to come out, I'm like, I am out. <laughs> do, do you think there's any chance that Atlanta starts giving off those Kyle Pitts vibes? And essentially try to try to rake you over the coals to get you to move up the four to take them. It's possible, but in all honesty, I think you're going to see. I know Carolina took Darnold, um, but I think you're going to see Carolina and Denver, and possibly even you know somebody outside of the top ten start trying to beg, borrow, and steal to come up with Atlanta. I think Atlanta is going to be in that Matt Ryan camp for a couple more years, watching Tom Brady, watching Drew Brees, watching them play to you know. 40 plus 12, uh, whatever age that they're at now. Um, you know, it, it's, they're going to hope that they can build around Ryan and try to drive towards that championship while, while they've still got what they've got there. Um, I don't think they're going to make it there, but it's very hard for them to give up on, on Matt Ryan down in Atlanta at this point. Yeah, I agree with that as well. What, what do you guys, what do you think? think or hope that uh, the Dolphins will do at pick 18 since you guys got two first round picks? My biggest hope is I, I, I've said this on the show numerous times. I hate the 18th pick. I hated it last year. I hate it this year. Um, for me with that pick. Now, if Miami were to go pits at number six, we're going to assume that at this point, based on that, I would, if I see Parsons start to slide, to anywhere around pick 10 or, or, or later. I would hope that Miami actually trades up and takes two of the top three position players outside of the quarterback room in this entire draft in, in Pitts and Parsons. If, if Miami took Pitts and Parsons, that draft is an A-plus for me. If they were to stand pat, um, I think that's going to be a wide receiver possibly um, or an edge rusher. You know, you guys got 50 and 36 in the second round as well. So, I mean, you have the, you have the weapons to move up. But it's, it's a thick draft. It's, you know, it's, I, I almost don't know if it's, if it's worth moving up because there's so many good things. I mean, I, I had you guys grabbing Najee Harris at, at 18. I thought getting, mm-hmm. getting somebody that's familiar with Tua, you know, I thought it would be a fantastic idea. But I've also seen them just, you know, wait it out and grab like a Travis ATN at 36, which is another quality running back. Uh, Man, you missed both of them. You, 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 you took two out of three of the top, top four guys, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and you missed my biggest target, which is, would be Javante at, at 36. So, so who do you want? Like, do you want to grab a running back? Yeah. Yeah. I, I've got Javante Williams in most of my mocks at 36. Um, I, I'm a lot higher on Kenneth Gainwell than some of the, the other folks are. I mean, he sat out the year, so he kind of lost a little ground. But really, he should be he should be right there uh, in, in that top four conversation. And then there's a lot of guys I like at the running back position. We actually just did our running back preview the other day. 
Um, there are a lot of guys I like at the running back position as the draft wears on, and it's going to depend. If Miami's planning to platoon Miles Gaskin, you don't take a running back in the first round. Um, if you are planning to have somebody be your bell cow at that point, I could see potentially going Najee, but in all honesty, one of them will be there at 36. It's been so rare that three running backs have gone in the first round in the past 20 years. Uh, in most years, maybe one goes, maybe two. It, three, I think, has happened twice in the 2000s. Yeah, I mean, I think Pittsburgh's the only other team that has any need for it, especially losing James Conner the other day. So you're, you're, you're yeah. pretty safe, I mean, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any chance that um, the Dolphins trade back as well from six to, like, maybe the team, someone jumping up to maybe grab, like, uh, Justin Fields or uh, Trey Lance there? Um just to earn some more if draft it, capital. If Atlanta goes pits, I think you see that happen. If if they get the right offer. Chris Greer, like, it's God, the beautiful mind way he looks at the draft. I mean, if you if you look at the top ten, there's two picks in there that are via this team, via that team, via Miami, um, already. So yeah, if he gets the right offer, I could absolutely see Greer moving around, especially if if, if his guy's off the board. Um you know, it's if Greer can accumulate first round picks, I've never seen anybody accumulate first round picks the way Chris Greer's been doing. Do you have any interest at six at one of the the big two tackles? No, not really. Um, it's I, I think Miami can solidify their offensive line. I, I think their offensive line is better than than advertised because of the fact that I do think Austin Jackson worked out, much to my surprise. I was not an Austin Jackson fan going in, even though the physical potential was there. I like Robert Hunt, and I'm a huge, huge Solomon Kinley fan. I mean, it, it's if you go back and listen, I actually did a, a, a show with Jamie Nails, who probably turned in the best guard season in Miami history, even though they've got some better career guys at guard. Um, you know, it's we talked extensively about Solomon Kenley and, you know, we're both big fans. If Jamie's a big fan, I'm a big fan. So uh, we had, uh, I've seen a couple like that have like the Bengals taken um, Jamar Chase there at five to pair him back with Joe Burrow. If, if Atlanta takes Pitts at four and um, the Bengals, let's just say they take uh, like Penny Sewell, like a lot of people have. Is there any chance that you can see the Dolphins draft either Waddle or Smith to pair them back up with two of them? I mean, all right, so Atlanta took Pitts and Cincinnati took Penny. Oh, uh, let's just say and Cincinnati they... takes, yeah, yeah, like Penny or, or like Micah Parsons, because you said that Micah Parsons is on your. Um, on your top yeah. uh, things, could you see them try to get a pairing person at wide receiver like Waddle or Smith, who Tua both has um, relationships with from Alabama? Oh, in that scenario, I could see them go- easily going Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, or Jalen Waddle, uh, all, all of whom I think are going to do well at the next level. What's What's something that you're looking to see come later in the draft? Um, obviously, we talked about the running back situation, which it looks like a uh, uh, producer came in. 2012 was the last time three running backs went in the first. Trent Richardson, Doug Martin, David Wilson. So almost 10 years ago, which is wild to think about with how, how many running backs have come in this league. Uh, mm-hmm. But what, what are you looking for you know, later? Like what, What's some 
with some positions that you know you don't need to rush on, but just getting, you know, body A and body B is going to do a lot to help solidify this, this roster. I mean, the biggest need for me um, is if you look down the roster, their top center right now is Matt Skura, who, you know, if, if you're talking two years ago before he got hurt, uh, was one of the top centers in the game. But you're, bet, you're banking on a lot and betting on a lot there. And, and, and this is probably one of the best center drafts I've seen in a while. Uh, you've got guys like Josh Meyer, Quinn Miners, who Brian Flores was very reportedly high on after the Senior Bowl, Creed Humphrey, who just tested out of the building at his pro day, and, and a handful of others there as well. So it's, it's with that being their biggest need and the fact that you rarely see a center go in the first round. Uh, I think Creed Humphrey does go somewhere in the second, and Quinn Miners is anywhere from the back end of the second round to the beginning of the fourth round with Josh Meyer being a later-on guy and, 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 you know, like I said, a handful of others. So I, I do want to see Miami take a center. Uh, if they were to miss on the running backs early, you've got a handful of guys later on like Ramondre Stevenson um, and others. And to be honest with you, part of the reason why I'm not huge on the wide receivers after Pitts, which I do count him as a wide receiver slash tight end, is the fact that this is such a deep receiver class this year. Uh, especially if you're looking for an interior guy uh, later on. A guy like Jalen Darden could come in and help you out. Cade Johnson, uh, Tutu Atwell I'm a big fan of. It, you know, it, it's the wide receiver prospects are so deep in this draft that it, it's a struggle for me. Yeah. Um, what's the, at, the, at pick six, what's the one thing you hope the Dolphins that, don't, that they don't do? Like if you see them do it, you're putting your palm to your forehead. I mean, I can't say punter, can I? Uh, <laughs> you can say Mac Jones. <laughs> I mean, look, I don't want Miami to go quarterback. Um, if you if you want to grab one of the late round developmental guys that you think to turn into something later on, fine. Um, but I, I don't want to see him go quarterback. Um, I mean, there's not a defensive tackle worth taking at six. Uh, not even Christian Barmore. Uh, I guess any defender outside of Micah Parsons, I wouldn't want to wouldn't want to see Miami even look at in the top ten. You know, I, I don't. I, did you, you didn't mention uh, Landon Dickerson for center, did you? No, I did not. Do you? You know, I've seen a lot of people have him go late first round. You know, could be early in the second. Does he do nothing for you? Oh, his talent does does everything for me. His leadership does everything for me. The fact that the guy's standing on, you know, two peg legs at this point already at, you know, <laughs> what, 21 years old, I, I, I'm out. Yeah, like, we already had fair. a center with bad legs in Mike Pouncey, and it was, it was great for the six games of the season that he played. That's fair. That's fair. Because I'm, I'm looking at it, I was like, man, I'm surprised you didn't mention Landon Dickerson, especially if, you know, he slots in at 36 or whatever, and you're like, huh. But I, that's, that's a fair take. You know, that's kind of the Caleb Fairley take where he's got so much talent that people are just scared of his injury. Yeah, it's, I, I'll be honest, I'd take Caleb before I'd take – Caleb's <laughs> at least on my draft board. Dickerson's not. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I removed him completely. It's just, it's, I can't take, I mean, everything on the offensive line stems from your, your base. And if you can't 
hit your base under you because it's just so broken. Um, you know, I, I mean, the number of injuries Dickerson's had throughout his career, I don't have the exact number in front of me offhand, um, but it, it's we, – we did a breakdown on it, and, and God, it's horrific. <laughs> um, what, um, I'm going to ask you because I asked everyone else, and I just like to know people's opinions. What, uh, who do you yeah. think is going to be the biggest – I don't want to say bust, but the biggest player that you think someone's going to regret drafting in the first round. Like, who do you think that person will be? Well, outside of Dickerson? Outside of Dickerson. <laughs> I don't even know. He's, 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 he, I don't even think he's drafted in the first round. So. I, I think Kansas, like, I legit would not be shocked if Kansas City took him. I would not be shocked. If uh, or, or Tampa. Tampa could yeah, take him. Yeah, or Tampa. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would not be shocked. God, I've got a number of guys I could possibly go with here. I'm going to go with a guy I like, but I think people are going to be disappointed. I'll I'll, I'll give you the reason why after. I think people are going to be disappointed if they were to go after Trayvon Morick uh, from TCU, the safety. I think he's going to be a very good safety in the NFL, but I think somebody's going to get a better safety if they draft him into the right system, if they take Richie Grant in round two. Fair enough. UCF. I mean, Richie Grant, it's, I don't know if you guys have watched much tape on him. Um, I've been high on him since before last year's draft. I was hoping he'd come out last year. He didn't, Um, you know, it's uh, that, or actually, you know, I think there's going to be a couple edge rushers that come off the board that aren't going to be, as good as I think Carlos Boogie Basham is going to be at the next level. He, he's another one that I was looking at, hoping he'd come out last year. Oh, God. So, so here we go. Lengthy injury history. Missed notable chunks of four different college seasons. Suffered a torn ACL right knee in 16. Season-ending ankle, uh, right ankle in 17. Ankle sprain left that caused it to miss most of 18. And a torn ACL left uh, in late in 2020. Possible pupless candidate who might not be fully healthy to even start the season. So he tore both of his ACLs and hurt both of his ankles. Good God. Yeah. I'm going to go with who is Landon Dickerson, and I'll take healthy centers for a 1,000, Alex. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, I mean, you're right, too, because his intangibles are there. He knows how to control that line together. He knows how to get everyone to move together. Like he's so smart, but man, I mean, you're not wrong. He just can't. He can't stay out there. I mean, Ben Stein's smart too, but he ain't gonna last the season either. I mean, it's just <laughs> he might be able to stand the whole time though. <laughs> I'll say he'll be able to walk along the sideline. Let's go with that. So this is this is the last question I got. Then Luke, it's all you. Um, if I were to say at, at 6, 18, 36, and 50, what's your perfect draft? Where if everything just goes exactly how you want it, you're going, yes, 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 yes. If Miami were to go Pitts at 6, Parson were, Parsons were to slide to 18, Javante Williams at 36, and Richie Grant at 50, I, I would just, like, I would be over the moon my literally our, 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 we're going to be doing our live draft coverage on our YouTube channel this year again. 
Um, I, I would just be insufferable to listen to as that draft wore on. <laughs> it's, you know, my fiance is going out to Pennsylvania for the kids' basketball tournament, and like she just she just wouldn't want to come home for an extra week. I mean, it just it, it, I'd be I'd be horrific to live. <laughs> uh, I got I just got one more question for you too. Who's who's the one player? Uh, that you think will go in the first round that people are going to regret not taking, whether it's Parsons or something like that. Why do you think that? I mean, Parsons definitely, because he's a top three guy, like I said, uh, top four, if you're going to count for quarterback position, as far as talent goes, there are a lot of special things that he does. If you go back and watch his tape, I would urge you to watch something that you may not have. And a lot of folks haven't, Watch his backhand at any given time. So he does a very good job securing the runner, getting the head in front, wrapping up with the, with the one arm, wrapping up with the other arm. But that backhand is always seeking the football. Um, and, and that's a huge thing to me. It's, he's good in pass coverage. He's great at that. He can be an edge rusher. But the way that he is always trying to separate the runner from the ball is, is, is massively underrated and underappreciated because he is automatically, like I, I said on our show, um, having Parsons alone start at linebacker for the Dolphins would add at least six turnovers for the year um, to that defense, whether it's forced fumbles, I think he gets an interception, uh, he is going to add six turnovers to that defense. Um, as far as other guys, another guy that I mentioned already, Boogie Basham, he could creep into the top end of that, that first round. And I've never seen anybody play the read option as well as Boogie does. Um, it, it, and that's a huge factor in today's NFL. The read option is is growing more and more popular and, Normally, you see it be something where they force the defensive end into a bad position, and he comes through and breaks down in such a way, and he, he's got such short area quickness that he makes the offense either make the bad decision or freeze. Um, and he can play both the quarterback and the running back with that athleticism, and that's huge, and he's undervalued as an edge rusher as well. So those are two guys I think if people pass on in the first round um, – Parsons for the reasons I mentioned and then Basham because I think people are going to pass on him for other edge guys that I don't think are going to be as successful. So it's, it's, that's a big one for me. Paul, man, it's always a pleasure having you on. I'm glad we were able to get you in here as we started getting back into the swing of things with all of our, uh, all of our contributors. Uh, Plug everything you got as always, man. Let everyone know where they can read you, hear you, see you, touch you, feel you. Good Lord, I, I, I got a list, man. It's it's You can find me out on Twitter at Fanatic underscore pick, as well as my co-host Brian Catanzaro at BrianCatNFL. You can also follow the show at On the Fin Side. We're out there on YouTube, and then for our po- – we've gotten back to doing the audio podcast as well. We joined in with Minute Media and the Fan Sided Network as the official Dolphins podcast, uh, partnered up with Fin Fanatic. I'll occasionally throw an article up here and there. Uh, but, yeah, we're on Spotify, iHeart, iTunes, YouTube. God, if you got a podcast or, or a podcast location, we're probably on there. Uh, you know, give us a listen. We, we have a lot of fun with the show. We're going to be starting to post our position previews up shortly. Um, 
we've been recording them out on, on YouTube live, and we're going to throw them on our podcast as well. So you can listen to us on the go. You can watch us. You can whatever the hell you feel like doing. Uh, I, I don't listen to it, but you can. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, thanks again, man, coming on. And uh, once we get to them team previews this summer, you know I'll be hitting you back up. Dude, anytime you guys want me on, I'll I'll, I'll make it work. All right, that's an idea. Thanks a lot, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Take it, ladies and gentlemen. Bye, Felicia. Coming in here, fantastically <laughs> dropping. By the way, Luca Luca Doncic, my lord, uh, Dallas. Uh, it's down one one thirteen one eleven to Memphis. Grayson Allen's punk ass from Duke uh, didn't trip hard enough because he missed both free throws. Dallas gets the ball one point eight seconds, calls timeouts. There's Boban inbounds it to Doncic. Doncic at the three point line does is like falling over and just kind of does this one handed throw up in the air and sinks a three pointer to win the game at the buzzer. That's because Luca's the goat. Everybody is so dumbfounded. Now, now um, Dallas is running nuts. Memphis is just standing there confused. And Luca just walks like he's been. Tim Hardaway is going to give him a German suplex, it looks like here. Uh, Luca Doncic just puts his arms up in the air and just walks smiling, looking at the crowd like, this is just what I do. <laughs> Luca Doncic is a pimp. Oh, my gosh. That was awesome. Hell of a, hell of a shot. Hell of a shot. He only had like nine points in the first half, too, and then he just kind of went nuts. I want to thank Travis Waitman and Paul Pickett Jr. coming on, bringing that knowledge. Having some fun here. Up on the sportscast. On the, on the WrestleCast. What, what did he say? Luke chiming in, sounding like Steve Urkel. <laughs> Steve Urkel's tight, bro. Steve Urkel got some, too. <laughs> Demptress coming at it. <laughs> we got we got some folks listening here. <laughs> Before funny. we get into our mock drafts here, I want to run something by you quick. And I read this today at get work. Get it. Get it. <laughs> All right. If you're the New York Jets, right? So the New York Jets this year have 11 draft picks in the 2021 draft, which is one mm. of the most. In 2022, they have 12, where they have two first-rounders in both year, both years. Uh, next year, they have two seconds. This year, they have two-thirds. I read an article. If you're the Jets at two, do you take Penny Sewell and pair him with Becton and have two gigantic human beings at your tackle? <laughs> and, then, and then do you use all those picks you have to trade back into the top six? Seven and draft Justin Fields. Wow, dude! That okay. So if you had Penny Sewell and Mackay Becton, your your quarterback is going to be uh, protected for like ten years, fifteen. Damn. Okay. Well, I guess let's look at this here. Um, you said they have. I wonder if there's there was like a draft scale, draft scale on trading up in have you, have you ever seen that where there's like there's like a yeah trade value chart this is what I was looking for the NFL draft value chart yeah so you said pick seven yeah like because I'd imagine like someone's going to take I think Justin Fields will fall to right around the seventh pick which is where um where who picks seven uh, the Lions 
The Lions, yeah. Seventh, eighth, right around like Carolina's pick. And... All right, so what are the second-round picks that they have? Um, The actual pick, I don't know. Um, I want to say, so this year they have the two first, which is third and 22nd, I know. Yeah, yeah, second, the the second pick. Yeah, yeah, the second pick is the 23rd. So the 23rd pick has a value of 760 points, is what they call it. The seventh pick has a value of uh, 1,500 points. So half of the value with that. Yeah, and the next, and they have two thirds this year, and then they have two for two seconds next year. So they also have pick thirty-four. Yeah, thirty-four is five sixty. So if you were okay, if Fields is there at seven, and I'm the and I'm the Jets, and I offered you the twenty-third pick, and both of my first rounders next year. Do you do it if you're Detroit? Absolutely. Detroit, yeah, they're rebuilding. They just traded their quarterback for Jared Goff, who, like you said last week, he's been just handed the job every year. Yep. So they're rebuilding. They traded. They didn't trade. They released Kenny Galladay, who is the best offensive weapon. They got their running back <laughs> in DeAndre Swift. But they – they're they're rebuilding. There's there's no doubt about it. I, I take three first round picks for pick number seven. Absolutely. You know, and I, I guess if you're the Lions, I mean, I have them taking Jamar Chase, so you could still get a you know Rashad Bateman, Elijah Moore. You can still get yourself a wide receiver at twenty three, and then you have two more first next year. I think yeah, I or do- you could. Yeah, or you could even get at the end of that, like 23, you could get, like, um, one of the edge rushers. Like, if you want to help defense get pressure on yeah. the ball, especially with the quarterbacks you're facing in the NFC North and Kirk Cousins and Rodgers, who have proven that they're top, both top 10 quarterbacks in the league statistically. Yeah, I mean, you could grab uh, Ozolari, Cody Pay might be there, Jason Owa. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's, like, there's options. Boy, that is that is an intriguing ass thing. Isn't that crazy to think about? Mm-hmm. Wow. I would do it, and if I'm the yeah, Jets, oh, I'd be sure. willing to give it up. Yeah. Because now I got uh, now I got Justin Fields. You have two solid tackles for the next bajillion years. Now here, let me let me kind of flip this on you in a way. If they really, really think Zach um, Zach Wilson's going to be the guy, you know, who's to say they don't try to move up with the Bengals to take Sewell? Yeah. And then they yeah, can that still is get true. the quarterback. The only reason I don't think it'd work with the Bengals is because I don't know if the Bengals would drop that drop down to 23. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because they're rebuilding too. I mean, yeah, they got Joe Burrow and they have uh, Mixon and they have some good young receivers in uh, Tyler Boyd and T Higgins, T Higgins and stuff. But like, you could, they still need a true number one, which Jamar Chase fit, and they still need offensive tackle. I mean, Joe Burrow tore his ACL because his offensive line sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's so, fair. I'd be more intrigued with Atlanta at four 
than the Bengals at five. Like, could and they then, get a deal? Could they get a deal done where they trade, where they take maybe Zach Wilson at two if that's their guy, and then trade back up to number four and take Penny Sewell number four with Atlanta maybe? Yeah, because then Atlanta could still get their their weapons um, to try to put around Matt Ryan if they are going to go that Matt Ryan route. Yeah, and it actually would make more sense with Atlanta because Atlanta, I think, only holds like seven picks in this year's draft. So if they got another, if they got a first, and if they got like maybe that third this year, and then two firsts next year, or whatever the case may be at that four for that fourth pick, I'd take it still rebuild. Yeah, because when you're looking at the fourth, that that goes up another three hundred points. So you need to add something else in there. Yeah, which could be one of those thirds that they have two of this year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's intriguing. So then you start getting into those those weird ass situations where it's like, but if you're able to get the four, why not just take half picks? Yeah, that's the other thing too. Yeah, who knows? I just thought it was intriguing that they could have two top-tier tackles and still get a top-tier quarterback. You know, in my opinion, I think the um, the Justin Fields at seven, if he's there, is the best way to go because I still think Justin Fields is going to be the best quarterback not in Trevor Lawrence out of this draft. I agree, and I think I think Denver is not Denver. Sorry, um, the Lions are more likely to make a trade and trade back for future capital than like Atlanta or even the Bengals would. God, it's 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 interesting. It's just interesting to see all these scenarios because they keep coming out like daily, like every day something new comes out about this draft. Wow, they almost yeah. blew that no hitter, um, but he ended up getting the no hitter. Dang. It was a uh, big play at first place, first base, but they got it. Those lucky fuckers. Rondon. Rondon? Was this his name? Rodon. <laughs> Rodon. Oh, he he beat the guy, too. There goes the perfect oh, he... game. Did he hit he, someone? Yeah, he hit the guy in the foot. Dang, that sucks for him, I guess. So there goes the pre- – at least you got a no-hitter out of it. Yeah. So do you want to go – let's go to these mocks then. Because I'm, in, I'm intrigued here with – I know you made more changes since last night when we kind of did a little mini powwow here. I got you right here. <laughs> uh, number one, I'm assuming Trevor Lawrence just doesn't move. No, but I have Kyle Pitts now. Well, you have Kyle Pitts? <laughs> no, you don't. I lie. <laughs> no, it's uh, Trevor Lawrence. No explanation needed. Uh, Zach Wilson at two to the Jets. I do have Zach Wilson number two to the Jets in this one uh, as well. San Francisco. I still have Mac Jones, even though I think I'm going to get swayed out of it, I hope, before it's over. So I switched this one, not from my one that we talked about on the show last week, but when I talked to you last night, I put it back to Mac Jones. Okay. What made you go that way? I just, like, in the one we talked about last night, I thought maybe Justin Fields here, but I just, I don't, I think San, I think Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch for San Francisco are literally going to overthink the Ohio State quarterback thing. I think they are. I think they're going to they're gonna buy into the hoopla that no one good ever comes out of Ohio State at the quarterback position, and he's just not going to 
they're just going to go with Mac Jones, I think. Yeah, I, I think I still think that's going to be the, it's going to be the biggest bust in the first round. I really do. Um, yeah. So I had um, the Falcons and Dolphins trading picks uh, here. I had the Dolphins at four now taking Kyle Pitts. So here's my surprise for you, and you're going to call me crazy. I have, I have Atlanta trading with the Cowboys here, and the Cowboys taking Kyle Pitts. Wow. Every, I've read a lot of stuff, and everything I read says Jerry Jones is infatuated with Kyle Pitts. When, and he's, he's smart enough to put weapons around his quarterback. He, he's the opposite of the Packers. <laughs> yeah, no. I had, I had the couple taking, I think, in week, last week in, on the show, I had him taking Patrick, uh, Sertan, Patrick Sertan. Yeah. Um, I mean, last year Jerry proved he's he's he doesn't draft defense in the first round. I mean, he went out and got Ceedee Lamb last year to help uh, his quarterback. And this, I I just I don't know. I'll probably switch it, but right now I'm going to go Kyle Pitts to Dallas at number five. <laughs> That's intriguing, man. I like it. I like this, the. I don't know. It, you know, it, you're going to hear me say this a lot over the next couple of weeks, but this draft is going to be one of the most unpredictable drafts that we've seen in a long time. It just is. It, and, and yeah. so it makes it, and it's mostly the first round that throws us for such a loop. But um, yeah. number five, I have the Bengals taking Penay Sewell to protect uh, Mr. Burrow. I have the same thing. Uh, then at six, I have the Falcons taking the Matt Ryan successor in Trey Lance. I have at number six the taking Jamar Chase. Ooh, nice, nice. Um, I have Jamar Chase going at seven to Detroit. I have Jalen Waddle going seven to Detroit. I then took Rashawn Slater, the tackle from Northwestern, to go to Carolina to protect Darnold. So I have another trade here. Ooh. I have the New England Patriots trading up with Carolina. I have uh, them trading up with Carolina and taking Justin Fields, the Patriots. So you you're having them jump Denver. Yep. Cuz I agree with what um uh la, la, what's his name? The Denver Travis? guy we just talked to. Yep. I agree with Travis. I think I think if at 9 if Justin Fields is still there, Denver pulls the trigger. You know, I've seen a lot of a lot of mocks where they have New England trading up with Dallas at 10 to get um Justin Fields, which it kind of confuses me, and you know, we, Dallas isn't going to take them. No, the, I, unless they think for some reason the Eagles are going to take them. I, I think they're sold on Jalen uh, Hurts. Yeah, so I just I don't understand where like guys like Kuiper and stuff have them trading to ten because you're, yeah. you're, like, what are you trying? What are you having to jump over? If anything, it should be. So I have the Patriots trading with Denver at nine. So then that way the Broncos go back to 15. They can still get Michael Parsons and then the Patriots get Justin Fields at nine. But I, I think yours might be a little more reasonable because you might want to jump Denver. Yeah. Yeah. I have the Broncos staying where they're at just because the top four quarterbacks are gone and I have them taking Patrick Sertan. Okay. Yeah. I have the Cowboys at 10 taking Patrick Sertan Jr. 
So I have the Falcons at 10 after the trade for the fourth pick with Dallas, and they get Trey Lance. So I have the same player you do. I think that they can get him at 10. So interesting. So you don't have Denver pulling the trigger on Trey Lance? Nope. Um, at 11, I have the Giants taking Devonta Smith. At 11, I have the Giants taking Micah Parsons. Oh, okay. Uh, 12, I have the Eagles grabbing J.C. Horn, the cornerback out of South Carolina. So I <laughs> trade. Okay. I, ha- I have um, – so I had – where am I? Sorry. So with the Justin Fields trade with the Patriots jumping from 15 to 8, I now have Carolina jumping from 15 to 12 with the Eagles, and I have them taking Sean Slater at 12. Oh, so so we both have Slater going to the Patriots or the Panthers. You just get him a little bit later. Yeah, okay. I have him jumping here in front of the Vikings and the Chargers because they trade back to 15 with the Patriots. Yep, and and most likely those two teams are taking tackles. So that makes sense. I, I agree with that. Um, with that, I have the Chargers taking Christian Darisol and uh, third team tackles is in tech. Yep. And then Elijah Vera Tucker at four. I have the yep. I have the same thing there. So that makes sense. Why you would have Carolina jump up? Okay. Uh, I already yeah. kind of said this. I have Michael Parsons at fifteen to the Broncos. So I have the Eagles here with the trade with Carolina, and I have them getting Devonta Smith here. Okay. Um, and then the first half of the first round, I have Jalen Waddle going to the Cardinals. I have them getting J.C. Horn to replace Pat Pete. That was my, like, in parentheses pick. <laughs> you need to replace Pat Pete, but if Waddle's still there, how do you not give another weapon to Tyler? Um I have the Raiders at 17 grabbing Tevin Jenkins to protect their car. I have the same thing. Uh, Dolphins at 18. I have been taking Najee Harris. Running back. So I have, the Dol- I have the Dolphins trading back to pick 27 with Baltimore. And I have Baltimore at 18 taking Jalen Phillips, the edge rusher from Miami. Oh, from Miami. Okay. Uh, 19, I have Jeremiah Owusu-Koromo from Notre Dame, the linebacker. I have the exact same pick. Uh, 20, I have Greg Newsom, the second uh, quarterback from Northwestern, going to the Bears. I have the same pick. Uh, then I have Jalen Phillips going to the Colts at 21. I have them taking that injury risk and getting Caleb Fairley right here. I um, kept it the same for my matchup 1.0. I have the Titans taking Caleb Fairley uh, myself there. I have uh, I have Green Bay trading up with the Titans and grabbing Rashad Bateman, wide receiver, Minnesota at 22. Ooh. Uh, 23, I have the Jets grabbing the edge rusher from uh, Georgia, Aziz Ojulari. I have the same pick, yep. Steelers, I have grabbing Travis Etienne from Clemson. I have the same position, but I have him grabbing Najee Harris. Makes sense if he's there. Uh, Jaguars, I have him grabbing Trayvon Morig from TCU, the safety we talked about earlier. Uh, I have him taking them taking the exact same thing. I, that 25 pick is hard in mocks because uh, there's just so many people there still that you don't know who to give the Jags to. I just feel like they need a safety. And I, I think he's the most sure thing in the first. That's like you could do a first round grade on. Yeah. I mean, he's got, he's got nice speed. Um, he can hawk too. Like he's he's really good at figuring out which corner needs the help. 
I mean, and he, yeah. he, can, he can just, he can close a lot of corners, and I think that's what it, which kind of draws me to him. Um, I then have the 26 second Quiddy Pay, the edge rusher out of Michigan. Did, did Luke get booted? No, I muted my mic. I'm still here. Oh, okay. <laughs> Cut that bitch off! <laughs> I still... <laughs> Sorry, I'm choking, people. Um, I got... At 26, I have Quiddy paid to go along with old helmet hitter over there. <laughs> uh, I hit him the Ravens at 27, taking Jason Owe uh, as rush on the Penn State. So I have the Dolphins here with the trade with Baltimore, and they get Travis Etienne here. Oh, so you still haven't taken a running back this later. Okay, that's, that's yep. good. Uh, I got Eric Stokes, cornerback out of Georgia, going to the Saints. Uh, I have him too as well. Like I was saying earlier, a couple of box had him going like 63rd, which blew yeah. my mind. Like, holy which crap. crazy, yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. This draft, like anybody in the first two rounds could be first rounders. It's just, it's nuts. Um, <laughs> except for uh, Dinosaur, apparently. Or not Dinosaur. Uh, <laughs> what's his name? Just a, a <laughs> <Nickerson>. <laughs> um, third, or At 29, I have uh, the Packers taking Rashad Bateman. Uh, I have uh, Tennessee here after the trade taking Samuel Cosme the tackle. I um I then have uh, the Bills taking Elijah Moore at thirty wide receiver out of Ole Miss. I I have the Bills taking Jason Owe <laughs> the Jason edge Owe. rusher yeah from uh, Penn State. <laughs> I have the Chiefs grabbing Samuel Cosby, the tackle from Texas at 31. I have uh, Kansas City taking Zion Collins, the linebacker. And then at 32, Christian Barrymore going to the Buccaneers from Alabama. Go figure. I have, I have the same pick, and that that pick will probably never change. <laughs> yeah, and it just drives me nuts that he's going to just fall right there. <laughs> Rich, oh, Richard. Mm-hmm. That's true, man. That's exactly what it is. And then he's going to get Julian Edmond, like, halfway through the season. Yep. Yeah, because that old man will suddenly come out of retirement and pass the physical. Yeah. <laughs> Gold figure. Gold figure. Um, so we kind of steamrolled through a lot of that a lot quicker than I thought. Um, what else you got? Or are we uh, we going to call this an early show so I can go back into my grave? Well, let's call it an early show for tonight, just since I know you're not feeling good, and then you can rest, and then next week we'll we'll, we'll go the full time next week because hopefully we got a surprise. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna keep working on this one, and uh, hey, maybe maybe we'll have a nice little fun guest to open the show next week. But uh, I want to thank Travis Wakeman from uh, PredominantlyOrange.com coming on here. Also, want to thank Paul Pickett Jr. from FinFanatic.com coming on as well tonight. I appreciate Jordan coming in being stat guy, Greg, uh, from uh, the old Around the Horn. Or maybe not Greg, just stat guy. But uh, Jordan, super producer Scott Storch himself. Always appreciate it. Have some fun playing some Uber Facts. We'll be back next week. Some more team previews going into the draft. Mock drafts 3.0 as well. And a whole lot more on the fun right here at Sportscast Radio. We are out. Peace out.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.